Hello and welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. I'm Dan and today I'm joined by Emma and Chris. How are you both doing today, guys? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'll speak first, as I can see. Emma is munching on some rice cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Busted. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Do you know what, though, Dan? I'm going to ask, how are you? Because you always ask us how we are. (laughs) How are you, Dan? Do you know, I think you asked me this in, like, the last episode. (laughs) Yeah, well, I want to ask again. (laughs) It feels nice. It feels nice to be seen, Emma. And I'm doing, I'm doing brilliantly. Thank you. Uh, although I do have a sad announcement to make, so Chris, cue the sad emotional music in post-production, but listeners, it's been an emotional journey in this last two years, covering so many episodes together and so many thousands of outtakes, so many delays in our connection, recording in different houses, uh, so many retakes, so many slip-ups... But it's been an absolute privilege. It's been a privilege to uh, join you guys wherever you are, on your commute, in the middle of your day, on your lunch break, wherever, at the gym, to join you and to uh, chat with Chris and Emma and others as well. And the sad announcement is that over the next couple of weeks, we will be saying goodbye to hosting the podcast. The podcast will continue, but it will continue without us. Um, We're really excited to get some new voices in and to welcome some new hosts and presenters. But we also feel the time, you know, it's been a privilege for us. Maybe it's been a real chore for you in the last two years having to listen to us waffle on about um, whether whether we'd rather be followed by paparazzi or be monks and um, where we keep our our sauces and our ketchup and all of all of that. So uh, this episode 55 will be the last for Chris and Emma and then um, maybe myself as well as, as we introduce new people and voices into it. And I think, you know, obviously, Emma, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this and, and pointing out at, at Chris in particular. Chris has driven the podcast in the last two years and it really wouldn't have been the same without him and it really wouldn't have happened without him I remember there was one episode and I think the episode is called We Miss Chris because (laughs) Chris was unable to help us with that episode and so Kat and I stumbled through it and um, despite many technical issues got something out published it realized we'd published it wrong didn't get to itunes or anywhere else and then so we had to fix it and i think maybe even chris fixed it in the end or told us how to fix it so chris thank you so much for everything that you've done uh, for this um, podcast both from behind the soundboard and then also behind the mic in your interviews of course no i appreciate it it's been an incredible journey uh who would have thought 55 episodes not even including bonus episodes like yeah, this has sorry, been, yeah. This has been in like an incredible first season run. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be sad to leave behind the podcast. I'm gonna start up a uh, conspiracy uh, Twitter account that actually I'm being ousted. Um, so <laughs> we'll see the the free Chris campaign will go forth. Um, but no, it's, I'm, I'm definitely gonna miss doing it. It's, it's always a pleasure. And like you said, whoa, the amount of outtakes. I mean, not the funnest to edit, but the fun, fun to like experience in real time. <laughs> my uh, my wife always says after I record these on on Zoom, she's always like, "Oh, you're doing a podcast today, were you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Yeah," because you were laughing for like an hour nonstop. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like the podcast. That sounds like the podcast." And Emma, you're uh, moving on as well, and. 
I don't know what the reincarnation of Emma's dilemmas might be or might look like, but um, you've you've been great, and so thank you for for everything you've done, and we'll miss you, and I hope you'll miss us. Thank you. I was actually, I obviously will miss you, but I was actually thinking, wouldn't it be such a great idea to do basically like, you know, one of those talent shows, but like a talent search and it's like the search for the next presenter and then people have to audition and like basically do all the elements of our podcast and we just choose who is best nice. and then you can be the new presenter. Yeah, either that kind of X Factor format or Hunger Games format, I think is the other alternative wow. that could be worth wow. a shout. Goodness. Yeah, whoever's left standing can host the podcast. But yeah, it's been great. We've had um, you know fifteen thousand downloads of the podcast, which is uh, exceptional across all of the different episodes, um, and it's been a real privilege. And sometimes we chat for ages, and we don't even know if anyone's listening or anyone cares or if anyone finds it as funny as we do. So you know, to to the three people listening and who've been listening <laughs> with us, uh, thank you for for putting up with us. So today we're going to do one last Emma's Dilemmas. We've got no what in the world, but it is a special episode as Chris takes a behind the scenes look at the upcoming Justice Conference, which is sure to be an incredible event. He spoke to three members of the Justice Conference team who shared their vision for what's happening on the 22nd of May. Make sure you stay tuned to hear that. But first up, it's the last ever Emma's Dilemma. So um, today's dilemma... It's an interesting one. Um, I want to know, would you rather know the history of every object that you touched? So, like, you can touch a wardrobe and know, like, who's looked in it before? Um, <laughs> or would you rather be able to talk to animals? <laughs> that felt like a really, like, strange, like, false equivalency. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Okay, these two things are not connected. Um, yeah, you know, I just I'm thought def- I'd go out on a low rather than on a high. <laughs> I'm definitely taking talking to animals. I think knowing the history of every object would be so peaky. Like, I don't want to see what people have done with, like, like even, like, the money that I'm holding. Do you know what I mean? They probably, like, stuffed it in their pocket with next to, like, breadcrumbs and then, like sneezed and put it back do you know what I mean no, I don't need to know all that so and like I definitely remember like going to uni and just thinking when I ended up in my halls room I was like I don't want any like understanding of what's taking place in this room because <laughs> I probably just won't touch anything <laughs> yeah I feel my follow-up question would be if you did choose object what object would you touch first like I'm trying and, and I guess part of that question is how can that ever benefit you? <laughs> it's just interesting. Do you know what made me think of it though? It's because I was somewhere the other day in London and then about, I don't know, less than 24 hours later, I saw a really famous person post on social media that they were there, like standing in the exact place where I was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was there. But then I was thinking, like, imagine if when you were in certain places, like, say if you sat on a chair and then instantly it just came, like, it just started reading off all the names and, like, the queen had sat on that chair before. Or, like, I don't know. There was just, like, it was just interesting. You're like, wow. But, yeah, it doesn't really benefit you. Yeah, I feel like there's only, like, two applications for that. One, if you're, like, going on Antiques Roadshow 
and you want to figure out, oh, this this is worth quite a lot. Or two, if you if you are like a detective, then you're going to be probably the yeah. best detective in the world. That's true. I actually, I think you've redeemed me a little bit, Emma, because have you guys ever been at like a National Trust place or like Hampden Court and just thought like King Henry VIII walked in this exact corridor that I'm in right now and then it kind of blows your mind a little bit. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I kind of think that is really interesting. And part of that was because I was a few years ago, I was at Hampton Court Palace and they were doing like, it was half, it was half term and they were doing one of these like dramatizations of like something that happened. And so there was a man dressed as King Henry VIII. And I found it really fascinating just like seeing him go around and acting and doing all those bits and pieces. And, uh, you know, it was meant for kids, sure. And I was like, it was like all these kids following King Henry VIII around and then just me like running after them. Just like, what's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? But I, I feel like that can, um, that, that can actually be quite useful of knowing the history of something, um, you know, on a grand scale, like what did royalty used to do here? Mm. So I'm actually leaning towards objects. I think the only reason I'd go for animals is if I could like, if if I could then like tame them and then just like ride a, an eagle or a lion or something, um, yeah. I feel like we've we've had that question before on Emma's dilemmas because I just got some deja vu. But maybe I talk about riding lions a lot. I don't know. No, I think I would really like it if animals could have social media because I think that would be a lot more interesting <laughs> than humans having social media. So like, imagine if your cat could just be like, hey, like just chilling. <laughs> Or, like, throwback Thursday to when I was a kitten. And, like, it would just be so interesting. You could just follow all the different animals in the world. I think we'd have a lot more respect for nature. So, yeah. Fair. How about new new segment of the We Are Tear Fund podcast? I'll say an animal. You have to say what social network they would use. Mm, yeah, great. I like that. Panda. MSN, because it's endangered. <laughs> <gasps> wow what an answer well nice giraffe I feel that's like an Instagram moment yeah very, very like, like showy stories mm. stories though because it's got oh, a portrait only, yeah. <laughs> so okay, true yeah. um, polar bear maybe like Twitter so we can share the news of like what is actually going on with the icebergs like nice. be like yeah. yeah right on the pulse you know yeah great and then last one dragon <laughs> well they don't exist do they <laughs> what what do you mean well, like obviously exist? the little lizard dragon does you know like the bearded dragon or whatever it's called <laughs> it's not a real dragon it's komodo dragons as well i was watching a video of komodo dragon the other day they're crazy they just like do whatever they want it was climbing the shelves yeah. in like a supermarket and everyone was just like oh i saw crazy. that yeah man, don't think it? that was that's mad, why yeah. like it would be so interesting for them to have social media like, or vlogging on YouTube, like, hey, I'm just going to the supermarket, cause some havoc. So Do you know the animal I'd like to, um, the, uh, the animal I'd like to see on social media? I don't know if you saw it um, a couple of weeks ago that 
there was that video of a sheep that was like stuck in a little yeah. like, ravine thing on the side I of the road. And this guy like pulled, it's like this tiny little gap, like in the, um, in the, on the edge of a road. Um, and it's like lodged down this hole <laughs> and this hole, it's like a line that goes like a hole that goes on for like a hundred meters or whatever. Yeah. And this guy pulls out the sheep and then the sheep like starts to run away and then tries to jump over this like tiny little hole and then falls right back in it again. Oh. <laughs> I'd love to like, just see the, <laughs> the kind of embarrassing, apology tweet afterwards <laughs> guys i feel like that was a brilliant last emma's dilemma Great. i don't know about you but we've not that out of the park thank you emma for that final emma's dilemmas guys if you're listening you know there will be um a reincarnation of some kind of emma's dilemmas but it will be rebranded rebadged so if you still want to submit your own or maybe you want to make a like power play and say look i don't want to just submit one i want to host emma's dilemmas then we'd love to hear from you but next up it's time to hear chris's journey to the justice conference it's no secret that last year was a strange one for everyone when i look back i can see the things that helped me keep going both big and small whether it was zooming with family spending time outside walking with god or just a ridiculous amount of Netflix a lot of us spent watching. But one thing in particular really stood out from that last year, and actually it happened the month before lockdown even began, the Justice Conference. Despite taking place before I even knew what coronavirus was, it was an experience that echoed throughout the whole year. To be honest with you, before the Justice Conference, I was in a bit of a strange place. Having heard God's call to pursue justice, as all believers should, I spent the last few years figuring out how to respond to that in my own life. And while there have been many moments on that journey that filled my heart with hope that others were also responding to this call and that a more just and equal world was possible, I had also been discouraged by those who didn't care. I had been hurt by institutions, including the church, that weren't doing enough. And I was worried about the impending burnout I could see ahead of me. But then I went to the Justice Conference and it felt like my hope was being restored felt like my faith was being stirred and a passion for justice was being rekindled within me. Through meeting others on the same journey and hearing from justice leaders around the world, I was given the boost I needed to keep going, even in the middle of a pandemic. This year, the Justice Conference is back. So I spent some time speaking to a few of the team behind the conference to get a behind-the-scenes look at what to expect. Listening to my conversations with Clark, Hayley and Abby, I find out why you should attend the Justice Conference. Hey, hi, I'm Clark. Um, I work at Tear Fund and, uh, and part of my role is with the Justice Conference. I'm the Senior Development Manager with the Justice Conference, which I'm really excited about. I have started that in the, the last few months. Um, and I have uh, another kind of part of my role working as a theology researcher at Tear Fund. Sounds very busy. Sounds very like a lot of big thinking. Uh, <laughs> I went to the Justice Conference last year and it felt like a lot of, I was just thinking for like two days solid. I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, if it gets us thinking, hopefully thinking gets us to thinking differently and it gets us to acting differently. Hey, so yeah, that's great. Yeah. What, what drew you to get involved with the Justice Conference in the first place? Um, so I, originally last year I was just helping out with uh, running around doing a bunch of things and I just really enjoyed being at the conference there was something about it I was like aha these these are my people this is my tribe and mm-hmm. um, this the sense of uh, this underlying narrative around justice 
um, and not kind of primarily just going after one issue or that issue, but really seeking God and 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 trying to do it in a way that kind of centers justice and sees yeah. justice as rooted in who God is, uh, what God's after, what God's up to in the world. Um, and, and I think that kind of underlying narrative really connected with me uh, and made me think, wow, this is something I'm excited about being a part of into the future. Definitely. I can say the same for myself as well, but very much the same, the same feeling, that same sense of, oh, wow, here's, here's my tribe. Um, for those who don't know about the Justice Conference, could you explain a bit more about its history and, and the purpose behind it? Yeah, of course. Uh, so the Justice Conference started off in Bend in Oregon, uh, USA, in uh, I believe it was 2010. It was a, a group of friends wanting to gather together uh, like-minded justice seekers, um, and they wanted to have a conversation, a conversation together to to learn, to grow, to inspire one another, to equip one another. Uh, and so this was a conversation that grew and grew and happened uh, over a number of years. Uh, they had a number of moments, events, uh, and then uh, they started partnering with others around the world. There's been physical events uh, in Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Norway, Brazil, South Africa, Netherlands, and of course here uh, in the UK uh, in 2018 uh, and then last year as well. Um, so thousands of people have kind of connected through through the Justice Conference, connected with other people who share a passion to see justice flourish in God's world. Um, to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. Awesome. And having been myself last year, there's like quite this like really nice kind of beautiful blend of like conversations, like you said, teaching, prayer, worship, uh, throwing all those things together. Why like, and how? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's something about... Um, helping people engage where they're at and so what helps you engage and so sometimes for some people you know like a half an hour talk is really helpful um but other people uh it, it's, it's the creative elements that that, that really kind of uh, are, are more helpful stimulating um and then there's the i guess adding to that kind of panel discussions i think all that just brings a richness and a diversity mm. um and one of the things i've loved in all my interaction with the justice conference is this real genuine value around diversity um in the sense of really wanting to hear different voices and it's not about come to a conference here one person speak and then go away and do it or not do it but it's be a part of a conversation of a number of voices people with different backgrounds different contexts um and and there's i think a real richness that we get from engaging with that that variety um whether it's different people but also the different ways of kind of engaging with it from creative stuff to talks to uh breakout sessions panel discussions and, and things like that awesome and with all that going on why is it so important to gather together why is it so important to bring everyone to explore these multiple multiple ways of kind of exploring these issues together yeah, I think I think there's a number of reasons why gathering can be just so helpful, um, whether it's gathering in a kind of physical location or as we're doing this year, gathering online in a digital space. Um, I, I think I think it can be tough. I think it can be tough for people who uh, are followers of Jesus, who see justice as central to the gospel, central to good theology, central to the biblical story, central to God's character. 
um, and wanting to live in ways that pursue justice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if if you're like that, but you're in a church community who doesn't necessarily agree or see it the same way or see justice as significant or central or important, I, I think it can be tough. It can be it can be a really lonely space, um, and I think it's really easy for people to be feel isolated and to feel a bit disheartened. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely had that at times over the years. And so one of the reasons I love uh, the Justice Conference is it provides this beautiful moment of connection for people to get together with others who share a heart for justice, who want to learn and grow um, and help others kind of on this journey together. And so I think it's it's really helpful to kind of tap into this bigger, broader story that we're a part of um, and what God's up to in the world. Um, and so, yeah, tapping into... Uh, I guess not. it's easy to sometimes just see our little community in the little world we're in. And so when we gather either nationally or in this this year, obviously globally, yeah. um, we can we can get like tap into, wow, there's a much bigger story of what God's up to. And I think that can be really encouraging. Definitely, 100%. And you, like you said, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge story. And you mentioned earlier, there's not really like, just like, oh, we're just talking about this one issue this year or next year. But is there anything in particular that there's going to be a focus on this year? Yeah, yeah. Just to reiterate, I guess that like, on the one hand, we really try not to be primarily about a particular issue. Like it's it's the justice uh, conference for, for a purpose. That I think there's uh, a risk that if we're firstly and foremost about specific issues, it's easy for the journey we take to kind of lose its way and to eventually no longer be rooted in the way and the kingdom of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think the idea is to have a theology of justice as the foundation that then gives us a solid base from which we can tap into and explore different issues. Um, but having said that, of course, there'll be all sorts of issues that we will be talking about in different ways from kind of the main state sessions. And then there's loads of breakout sessions and all sorts of things people will be, be able to be involved in. Mm. Um, and so some of those topics will, of course, be climate change and creation care. That's going to be a big one. That's a, that's a really yeah. big focus for us. And uh, of course, with the global crisis that we're all facing in different ways, this is, is such a big, important conversation. Um, racial just racial injustice will be a topic that will be engaged with in all sorts of ways mm. uh, from the main stage and from various breakout sessions. Uh, and uh, I realized the other day that the conference will be um, just a few days, I think it is, before the anniversary of the tragic death of George Floyd. Mm. And so it will be a poignant moment to to have some conversations around racial injustice. And um, we'll be engaging with global refugee crisis, um, modern day slavery, decolonizing theology. And then something I'm particularly excited about as a last kind of focus to mention is um, is that we, we're having a, a session around young people or emerging generations. It'll be hosted by young people. And we'll be listening to young theologians, young practitioners from around the world discuss uh, the role of young people in the church's pursuit of justice. Uh, and they'll be discussing how, how better theology can shape a better world for emerging and future ge- generations. Um, I'm really excited about that session. That sounds super exciting. Um, as well as those young theologians, who else can we expect to see at the conference? So a number of names that uh, I'm really, really excited to be able to share. And I think a number of the names will just be familiar to many people. We've got people like Lisa Sharon Harper from, from the USA, mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's well known, the founder and president of Freedom Road. Um, Chris Kandaya, a familiar face, particularly in the UK. Um, Danielle Strickland, 
uh, from Canada, uh, who's fantastic and not only is it a content great, I'm sure there'll be a laugh or two along the way. Um, Catherine Cahoe, uh, Catherine, Catherine Hayhoe, sorry, um, uh, a climate scientist, Christian climate scientist, who's just a, a really renowned speaker. Um, and I'm really, really pleased that we've been able to to book her and yeah. uh, people like Rever Reverend Eugene Cho, who um, uh, has been involved with the Justice Conference in the UK before, uh, he, he'll be involved as well. So lots of names. Uh, we, we over the next few weeks, uh, we'll be able to be announcing even more. Um, yep. So really excited about the people that we'll be able to see involved in the conference. Exciting times. And uh, finally, what are you personally looking forward to? So if I'm honest, I'm, I'm really looking forward to everything running smoothly. Yeah. We, we're hosting a conference which is live for 24 hours, hosted across <laughs> three continents with contributors from, I, can't, I don't even know how many contributors we have <laughs> from different cities and towns around the world. Um, every, I'm, so many time zones involved and all sorts of things. So I'm, I'm looking forward first and foremost, well not first and foremost, but I'm looking forward to running smoothly. Um, but then um, I think I'm, I'm really listening to some of those well-known speakers, looking forward to hearing them, uh, people like Lisa Sharon Harper and Catherine mm. Hare. But, um, but I think what I'm also looking forward to is listening to uh, perhaps some of the lesser-known people that will be involved in some of the um, uh, breakout sessions, and yeah. people from all around the world, people in very different contexts, cultures, socioeconomic situations, um, I look forward to trying to listen to hear to what's different in our different situations, but also what maybe is the same yeah. uh, and listening to what God is saying and what God is up to in the world and uh, in what God is doing in and through God's church um, and perhaps sensing something of what God is inviting me and all of us towards in this moment. Hi, I'm Heidi Damon. I work at Tear Fund as the head of Global Church Influencing. I have been with Tear Fund for just over two years now. I live in southeast London in a place called Peckham. And I'm married and have a little four-year-old daughter. And I'm an extrovert, love life, love people, love food. <laughs> love it. <Yep. laughs> awesome. I love the southeast London shout out as well. I'm Croydon based. Uh, Croydon born and bred we didn't Peckham and Croydon didn't always seem to get on at least for my demographic <laughs> growing up but that's a whole other story today we're talking about the justice conference and uh, I've been speaking to a few different people just trying to get some ideas about actually what the justice conference is why it's important what it's going to look like etc and I guess I wanted to talk to you a bit about actually the importance of including global and underrepresented voices uh, what sort of challenges come with that and what impact have there, has there been in past years? Yeah, it's such a good question, Chris. I think, let me start by saying that we as people are shaped and influenced by what and who we listen to, what we watch, what we read, who we hang out with. All of this informs uh, us and our choices and our perspectives in life mm. and so forth. Theology really is no different to that. And the question I would ask is, who is shaping your imagination and perspective on the Bible? And how do we interpret that in today's context? Um, have you audited your bookshelf? Have you audited your podcast list? Have you uh, audited your viewing options, um, your friendship circles? What diversity is within that? And as I have had this conversation with people over the years, it's been so interesting to see these like revelation moments of people just going, oh, yeah, 
my bookshelf really white, <laughs> my podcast <laughs> yeah. really white, my uh, my life is really white, and yet my experience of church has been shaped by all of those different narratives and lenses and voices mm. and stories. And so for the Justice Conference and for even me personally, being shaped by global and unrepresented voices means that I get an opportunity to see the Bible through different lenses, to understand my theological framing through different lenses. Mm. And so the, uh, the challenges that come with that are the uncomfortableness um, of us needing to critique where our starting point is mm. and I think for me a really big challenge is is the willingness to be open to that to critique our own understanding of the stories we've been told and the lenses we currently have and I guess the impact for me and what the Justice Conference really is about is about giving fresh revelation mm. um, and fresh perspective on who God is in this world and it's not just about a global north perspective uh, or a western perspective or what you might want to call that mm. it really is a, a world that is shaped by god and lots of different people and tribes as it says uh, in the bible um, that the kingdom of god is represented by many nations many tribes and if we're only hearing one nation one tribe story we are totally misrepresenting the biblical narrative and mm. god's story so for the justice conference and again for me personally hearing these voices from around the world just bring a fresh and unique perspective i think to mm. us. that sounds amazing and definitely something that i've kind of seen play out when i was there i remember i can't remember what session it was but i remember sitting next to someone just this random guy um and uh after the session he just turned to me and we just chatting and he said you know what I've never I never realized that I was white <laughs> I was like what do you mean <laughs> and I think it is that thing that you're saying that I guess if you take yourself as the default you don't even take into consideration what that means and actually your own identity and what you bring to the table when you read the bible when you talk about justice when you go to church etc have you seen that kind of impact happen with other people as well, or I guess even at like whole church levels and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we could all testify to this last year being an awakening for the church in a way that we've not ever, I've not seen in my lifetime. Mm. And I think when I say awakening, I say that very loosely and very lightly because whilst I think there's been an awakening and an enlightenment of some sense of um, the huge conversation around race and ethnicity, I think the church has got a long way to go. Mm. And I think spaces like the Justice Conference create a really healthy, safe environment for us to explore those really sensitive topics um, as how that relates to the church more broadly in the UK mm. and I think we all have a responsibility to be thinking about what is my role to play within the church the local church that I'm in yeah and and how do I get to speak into the leadership and into the different spaces I am as to how we don't just leave it as an awakening or as a revelation but that mm. we move that conversation into action and I guess if we're thinking about a more long-term I would say there's two things. You need to look, think about your short-term games and your long-term games. Mm. And the church is not going to change overnight. Culture doesn't change overnight, does it? And I think yeah. we've got a long way to go to shift culture, but it starts with me. Yeah, definitely. That, 
it starts with me first and foremost. And if I'm not prepared to get out of my own echo chamber and to understand the stories of the other, then the church is never going to change. I think the, ch- the Justice Conference is, firstly, it's a hugely challenging space to come into, but it's also a really safe, encouraging environment to allow that challenge to come in in, help, in a helpful way and not one that's going to attack us, but one that's going to help us to have fresh perspective, to hear mm. the stories of somebody else. And for me, having been to the Justice Conference twice now, uh, we've had it twice in the UK, I have always walked away having learned something new, having been encouraged and also been challenged. Um, yeah. But the challenge really is about the invitation to step into seeing God's narrative in a much broader sense than mm. the one that we've already currently owned. So, yeah. Definitely. And uh, obviously this year is different as it's online, but what kind of choices are made with the conference to make sure that it's ethical and sustainable? Yeah, so we've had two conferences in the UK in physical spaces, and each year we've built on uh, our ethical and sustainable policies by ensuring that everything from our, uh, from all of our suppliers, cater- whether it's caterers, whether that's where we're getting our booklets printed or not or whatever that might be we've sought to find people that have uh, a a good ethical standing and carry sustainable policies themselves and so all I can say to that is that from this year we'll we'll continue to build on that when we move back into physical spaces as you say we're online this year so it's going to be very different we haven't had to think so much about the physical gathering as such mm. but we're still able to talk about what does it mean to be ethical what does it mean to be sustainable and still bring the invitation to those that are joining with us to think about their suppliers where they buy their clothes how they think about recycling or all of those things and mm. we're doing we're, we're running some climate electives this year as well which really help us to understand um, our buying power and um, how that affects the world that we live in and how it affects climate change. So there's lots of ways that we can think about uh, our sustainability and what it means to be ethical and not just in how we run the conference but in how we get to choose to live our lives as well around that. So we hope that the Justice Conference just as a part of embodying that again just brings encouragement to other people to think about that in how they run events in their own in their own spaces whether that's in their own churches or they whether they have a wedding or a party there's loads of like ways and means that we can do that and we and I hope that the justice conference gets to be a platform for sharing um on the very practical elements of what does it mean to run an ethical and sustainable event yeah awesome yeah that sounds fantastic and last but not least what are you personally looking forward to this year? So there is a speaker coming called Lisa Sharon Harper, who I have basically shared her book out with as many people as I, <laughs> I know. She is amazing. I can't wait to hear her contribute at the Justice Conference. She is brilliant. And I, yeah, I'm personally looking forward to that. But beyond that, again, just to be in a space with hundreds of other people, not just from the UK now, because it's a global conference, globally coming together to learn, to share, to worship, and to hear the stories of people across the globe um, and to be impacted by that. I always come away impacted.
Hi, my name is Abby. I work for the project management team at Tier Fund. I specifically look after online events, which is a joy. And with the Justice Conference, I am the event manager. So events, events, crazy. And of course... Crazy, crazy. <laughs> and of course, your role an online events manager is very necessary this year in particular, as uh, it's been a crazy year, as we all know. Uh, the coronavirus has fundamentally changed how we do a lot of things, including the conference. Uh, how's it been switching up a conference, which has always been kind of like taking place in a physical venue to a remote conference online? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind adventure for everyone involved. So um, prior to this year, we ran the conference um, 11 countries in person um, in those separate countries. This year, we decided to to go for it and do it a big global online gathering, um, which is so exciting. I think that it means that we're looking at issues globally and how they impact the whole world, just not not just us and our little island. Um, uh, but it also has its challenges. I mean, um, coordinating across 11 countries, three host countries, um, different time zones. It's just it's it's a lot. There's a lot of people working very, very hard um, all around the world to make it happen. So that's what makes it exciting. It's all, it's all fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. It sounds exciting. I mean, I'm glad I'm not the one like coordinating and managing it. It sounds long. Um, <laughs> kudos to you. Has there been any like unexpected challenges or, or unexpected wins in doing that? Um, oh, I am so excited about our contributors. Oh my gosh, you guys, they are unreal. We would not have access to these incredible men and women if it wasn't for the fact it was a global platform. Mm. Um, so we're able to hear from people um, in the UK who live in Australia and South Africa and like New Zealand and just everywhere mm. um, and vice versa they get to hear from us in the UK so it is like that's a huge win and um, it's also really good just to constantly deconstruct the like um, like kind of western that we know it kind of mm-hmm. um rhetoric like to actually hear from people um in different environments working closely with colleagues in Hong Kong and Australia and just hearing their perspective on things is just really inspiring um and elsewhere in the world as well so that's been that they've been huge wins um and I think yeah just the challenges um mean that it's just everything just takes a little bit longer (laughs) um and everything just takes it looks so much cooperation and collaboration we're a big family um so just trying to make decisions and do that wisely and Mm. with God's favor it just takes time but that's not a bad thing it's just I'm someone as you know Chris who just likes to get it done so (laughs) I have to practice my patience (laughs) (laughs) that sounds really exciting Um, and then I guess you mentioned like you've got loads of different countries involved you've got people from all over the world different time zones and stuff how is this all work and what is the actual format for this year? Yeah, absolutely. So on the 22nd of May, we start in Hong Kong. Now, um, you can choose to do the whole 24 hours, but <laughs> I won't be there with you doing the whole 24 <laughs> hours. Um, so we start in Hong Kong and we do eight hours there. Then the stream comes over to us in the UK and we do eight hours here. And then we end with eight hours in Australia. So um, it's the full 24 hours uh, conference on the 22nd of May. And you can go to our website to see the full program and rundown because it's 
it's a it's a beast of a program <laughs> to do 24 hours of content there's a lot in there so just yeah please do just go and check it out because it's got much much lots of content on there Awesome. So if so if I'm like I'm I'm fine on your wave as well. I'm like I'm not waking up early. I'm not going to bed that late. Uh, is like how how long do I have access to like see everything? Yeah, that's a really good point. So we knew that people are not going to want to stay up for 24 hours. You just join for whatever you want to join for, and then you can catch, including in the ticket, included in the ticket price, you can catch all the content for a month after the event. You just awesome. go on, you watch it while you're making a cup of tea, doing a bit of emails just watch some pretty inspiring theological discussion (laughs) (laughs) cash Um, yeah just cash (laughs) awesome and i know a big thing i was speaking to clark about as well a big draw of the justice conference are the speakers like you're saying from all over the world the expertise but i know another huge part of it is like just being around other people on the same wavelength bumping into random people having random conversations and um just yeah having that meeting that making those connections how are you able to like kind of cultivate that same sense of community in the online space uh chris that's such a good question and it's one of the hardest things to do in the online space um it's so difficult so at the justice conference um it won't be like it normally is it just can't be because we're going to be online. Um, but we're going to have a very live and active chat box um, with very good chat moderators. There's going to be Q&As and uh, panel discussions and an opportunity for um, people to engage um, after the event as well. And because we're building a movement, it's an opportunity to get plugged in now to then continue the conversation for months to come. Mm. Um, it's just an opportunity to kind of go, what is it they all talk about when they talk about justice? Why should I care? Why does God care? Um, And to hear from the people who live and breathe this with every ounce of their being and Mm. then go, okay, I've got some further questions. I want to explore this further. And then you can go and do that alongside the growing movement of the Justice Conference UK, which is the best bit. Awesome. I'm sold. So (laughs) for those who are listening, who want to grab a ticket, where do they go? What can they do? Yeah, so we keep it nice and easy for you guys. Just go to the justiceconference.co.uk and there's little links and buttons everywhere to book tickets. Um, and we actually can offer you guys a discount code. We are tier fund discount code, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. So um, it's W-A-T underscore social. W-A-T underscore social. So awesome. go, go book your ticket, put that in at checkout and that gets you $10 off your ticket. Love it. And finally, Abby, what about you? What are you personally looking forward to? Um, last year, uh, Chris will know, we were at the Justice Conference together in 2020. And um, I just felt so inspired. It was it's bigger than just being inspired. It's like every cell in your body just kind of mm. like um, verberates with this like call that God gave us to to chase justice. Mm. And I felt it last year and I think it kind of topped up my tank, kept me going. And I'm so excited to hear it again and just be like, yeah, with my brothers and sisters around the world, we're called to this. This is this is who we are um, as people who love and follow Jesus. This is not optional. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that top up of the tank and to be re-ignited um, and set free again <laughs> to kind of go and do my thing. It's going to be good. The 
Justice Conference is shaping up to be an amazing event. Like Abby said, if you want tickets, make sure you head to www.thejusticeconference.co.uk. Chris and Emma, what are you looking forward to at the conference? Well, yeah, I think like uh, like as we discussed in the in the many interviews, I just think uh, the amount of like in- influential, inspiring people who are there that you can learn from is invaluable. So I'm going to be tuning in to hear from them for sure. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to just hearing from the incredible speakers and just all of the amazing conversations and discussions that come off the back of all of the information that is shared and the knowledge that is gained from a conference like that. So yeah, I'm so excited. Great. Thanks, guys, for joining me both on this episode and on the journey for the last two and a bit years. Thank you for everyone listening in. We've really enjoyed it as well. Thank you for sharing this experience. The Together podcast will be back soon, so make sure you look out for the latest episode. And if you like what you heard today, then head to Instagram, follow us at We Are Tier Fun for the latest updates.